This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. Uh, we're on the Bet Rivers Network, as always, and for all your wagering needs, is Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. So whatever you need, just go to their uh, app, uh, and you'll find everything you need for all your needs there. And the program, of course, always on the Bet Rivers Network and wherever you can find your podcast. All right, on this. Monday morning as we uh, look back on what was a very big giant win, uh, a game that will, I think, for all intents and purposes, lock up a playoff spot for the Giants. I, I think the Giants, and I don't want to you know, make this their road in, but I think they actually could get in at 8-1. It's not impossible. But I think one more win will guarantee them a playoff spot, which will make this a heck of a season. Listen, they're not a playoff team. They're not a great team. They're not going anywhere in the playoffs. But the bottom line is having this season to build on is going to be very, very critical for them as they look to really put the next step and build on the next level for this giant team. There's a lot that went on in that game last night. Obviously, Critical guys, key guys making big plays. Uh, and, you know, guys coming up in big spots, guys you had hoped all season for, like Thibodeau. Thibodeau is a guy who clearly has a lot of talent. He's also got a lot of, you know, hot dog in him. But, hey, you don't care about that if he makes plays like he made last night. And he made, let's be honest, he made the play of the year. He turned the game around with that surge, sack, swipe, pounce, recover, and somersault that wound up in a giant touchdown. That is clearly the play of the year. It's the play you waited for him to make all year, and it really changed that game because Washington was dominating that game to that point, and that changed the game in a very big way. Uh, Donnie Holmes got away with a pass interference. Let's be honest. He got away with a mugging on the fourth down play. I mean, if I were, if I were the, if, if I were the uh, Washington team, I would be extremely upset. And they were upset about a bunch of things last night, but I would be furious about that because that was absolutely past interference. But hey, you get away with it once in a while. Um, Daniel Jones, who had had so much trouble in prime time, whose record in prime time has been just abominable. You know, he was 0-9 in prime time. Now, he made some key plays. He made some very good throws. He made some really crisp reads and crisp throws in big spots. Wasn't an an overwhelming night for him, but he did what he had to do. He made the plays. He managed the drives. He kept drives alive. He did what he had to do to get the job done last night. And then Barkley did 
some solid, solid things. You know, he has not had a great second half of the season by any stretch. But 18 for 87 and a touchdown. Uh, he was targeted eight times. He caught five passes, made plays that they had to make. They get the big, the two big turnovers. And let's be honest, the defense gets a score. The defense gets a big turnover when they need it deep in their own territory, and then they make the goal line stand. That saves the game. They got enough done offensively with the, you know, just long drives and enough to get the job done. Obviously, they don't have a whole lot of offense. The line can have trouble pass blocking, but it did move the ball on the interior when it had to. It did some good things in run blocking, although the giant running game hasn't been overly impressive. It's done enough to get the job done. And the Giants come away with a critical win. And if you look at the NFC right now, the Eagles, with the Cowboy loss yesterday, have locked up number one. They are not going to need the game the last game of the season, which is another big plus for the Giants. You have the Eagles, the Niners, the Vikings. The Bucks are going to get to the playoffs with a losing record. Then you have the Cowboys, the Giants at 8-5-1, and one, and then you're going to get one of the three teams, Washington, the Lions, or Seattle as the last spot. But the Giants are going to get in. One more win, we'll lock it up at Minnesota on Saturday. Remember this whole schedule this week. The bulk of the games are on Christmas Eve. You know that going in. You got a big uh, Thursday night game with the Jets, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, against the Jaguars, huge game there with Jaguar team that is really flying high right now. Then you have the whole schedule on Saturday, and then you have on Christmas Day uh, three games. They're not great games, but hey, if you have time for football, you you get it in. You got the Packers and the Dolphins at 1 o'clock, critical game for the Dolphins. Packers with a win tonight, are going to still go down there thinking they're alive and they can run the table and get in the playoffs. So they could possibly get to 9-8 if they don't lose any more games. They should win this evening. And then the question is, at 6-8, and eight, can they go down and win against the Dolphins? I don't think they can, but if they did, then they would be in the mix. Broncos and the Rams, who cares? There's a game where you can have Christmas dinner and forget about that game because it's, you couldn't have a more worthless game right now. And then the Bucks and the Cards and the Bucks, they got to get a win. If they get a win, they're going to get themselves into the playoffs. They're right now six and eight. They get to eight and nine. They're going to get in the playoffs. They're probably going to get there anyway. All they have to do is win two of the last three, and they get there, and they're going to get there with a losing record. And if they're healthy, and they have the offensive line healthy, they could be. Somewhat dangerous. I mean, to see them, to see a Tom Brady team, and you heard the stat yesterday, with a 17-0 lead at home, Tom Brady had won 85 games in a row. Well, they lost yesterday, and they lost going away. But when do you ever see a Tom Brady team in the later stages of a game turn the ball over four straight times? I mean, think about it. You never see a turnover, no less four straight turnovers, which allowed Cincinnati to come back from an awful half of football and then put up an incredible half of football. 
as they cement themselves right there with Kansas City and Buffalo. They deserve to be there. There's three teams in the AFC, and Cincinnati belongs with the other two. They prove they can beat the other two. They deserve to be mentioned with the other two. They are right on the same level with the other two because they have a quarterback who is as good as any quarterback in the league. He does things a little differently than Allen does. He does things a little differently than Mahomes does, but he is on that level as a quarterback right now. It is Mahomes, Allen, and him. That's all there is to it. He belongs there. And he is a very, very special player at the position and a lethal, lethal quarterback who makes plays who gets the job done and has a habit of making big plays in the fourth quarter of games. So you got a couple of uh, big games on Saturday. The Eagles and the Cowboys lost a little of its steam because with the Cowboys now having four losses and the Eagles being at 13-1, and one, I mean, all the Eagles have to do, and they might not have to do anything, but if they, you know, you expect them to not turn around and lose three games in a row. That's not going to happen. So they're going to, you know, keep playing here for a couple of weeks, and then they're going to call the dogs off probably in that last game against the Giants. They're 13-1 and and rolling along after their win against the Bears yesterday. So that game lost a little of its theme. The Bengals and the Pats is a very big game. Uh, obviously, the Bengals are still trying to get to number one in the seating. And the Pats, who are 7-7 seven and seven and – should have been 8-6, and six, allowing that touchdown pass at the end of the game. And then who would have ever, 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 an underline ever, thought that the Pats would make the single dumbest play any of us have ever seen in a football game? I never thought I would ever see a game end the way that game ended last night. And if you haven't seen it, I will not do it justice. Nobody will do it justice verbally. Go watch it. Go watch it from when they start the play. As they get ready to go to overtime. Get ready after they just got hit with the big touchdown pass. Go look at what happens. And tell me why you would think you have the right on a football field in a tie game on the last play of the game, to act like I can do anything I want with this football. That is a live football. The idea that you think you can just flop it or flip it or throw it all over the field at the end of the game is ridiculous. And you saw what happened. What happened was the single most devastating ending to a game I've ever seen. I never even could think up a play like that, no less think I could watch that happen. I mean, that was the dumbest play I have ever seen in a football game. There was nothing to gain there. And they gave away a game. I mean, can you imagine with the amount of effort and preparation that Belichick puts into a performance. And let's be honest, they aren't very talented and they're in every game. They're well prepared, as you know, 
But then they turn around and do that. And, boy, can you imagine when they go over that play, what's going to go on in that room? The idea is that, you know, you feel like, hey, I can do whatever I want here. You tell me why. And you had players telling him not to throw the ball. And you just can't act like the ball is not live. It is live. And you saw the result. The most single stunning play. I mean, that cat game didn't carry the weight of the Franco Harris play that everybody is going to talk about now since it's the 50th anniversary. But this play was actually worse. That could happen in a game. This should never happen, ever happen in a game. And then you had the Titans who are really struggling and the, and the Chargers who were, you know, they're not great, but they're headed in the right direction. And you have to, have to give their quarterback credit for what he did at the end of the game yesterday. I mean, it really was. Now, you know we watched many times, and you know that when the Titans scored, and they got the ball back. You know if you have 44 seconds, you can get down and get a field goal. We all know that. We've seen it a million times. And Herbert then hits Mike Williams on the left side. He starts off at his 23-yard line with 44 seconds left. He hits a 16-yarder, well-thrown ball and out of bounds. He then gets a little play underneath to Everett, and he gets out of bounds. Then you see Williams signal him to, hey, put the ball up, put the ball up. He puts the ball up down the right sideline. A great pass and catch for 35 yards. And, hey, game's over. Now it's just about how you want to handle the rest. Come up, spike the ball. I think they all... You know, I don't know why you don't want to just kick the ball with 15 seconds left, why everyone has to fool around after that. Because mistakes happen. They did get a five-yard penalty. You can always throw the ball and have it come up short when you're throwing it out of bounds, and then, you know what, you wind up with an interception and you don't get your field goal. Hey, what's the difference? You don't have to take it down to a 0-0. I mean, somewhat kick it with 15 seconds left, 14 seconds left. You don't have to do that. If you can't guard 15 seconds with 14 seconds, I mean, come on. But they always do that. You know, they throw the ball around or they they try to make plays to get it down to the final seconds, as they did. And Chargers come up with a very big win. They get a 43-yarder to win the game there. But the heroics were obviously uh, Herbert to Williams, two big, big plays, a 16-yarder, and then a 35-yarder down the right sideline, and they get the win. So a big win for them. And the AFC, you have the three big teams, Buffalo at 11-3, Kansas City at 11-3, Buffalo has a tiebreaker because they beat them. Cincinnati at 10-4, which has some very interesting games still to play. They've won six games in a row with the big comeback yesterday. And then you have Baltimore at 9-5, and five, which obviously is all beat up. 
You have Miami at eight and six. You have the Chargers at eight and six. You have the Pats at seven and seven, and the Jets at seven and seven. And then you have the South, where Jacksonville now is making a little run on Tennessee. Tennessee has fallen apart. They're seven and seven. Jacksonville six and eight. If Jacksonville comes up here and beats the Jets, hey, who knows what's going to happen in that division? Tennessee's lost four games in a row. Jacksonville comes off a huge win over the Cowboys for their second straight. Now they come up here on Thursday night to play the Jets. And we talked about the Jets yesterday on what was a dreadful, tough loss on a lot of levels. A lot of blame to go around. A lot of blame. The head coach did a bad job with his timeouts at the end of the game. Plus, he should not have had his defense so ill-prepared for any eventuality on that play because that play did not in any way mean the game. It would have been nice to stop them there and then they could take knees and get out of there after the two-minute warning. But the bottom line was it didn't have to happen. They still had to come down the field and get a touchdown. What, they, what can happen there is on that play, all right, it's a nicely conceived play. You have to be ready for the eventuality that they don't run the ball there. And give them, let them get a chunk. Let them get 10 or 15 yards and get down the field on that play. You still have the ability to keep them out of the end zone, which you have done all day. Instead, they take that play, which is designed basically to get a few yards in a first down, and they get a touchdown because there's nobody on that side of the field. The defense, which had played admirably without obviously one of their critical players, played admirably until that last drive. If you are that defense and where that defense is now in stature, I'm sorry, but I expect them against the equal opponent, and I would say those two teams are equal right now, playing in your building, you have a four-point lead, which means they have to drive the field and get a touchdown. They haven't gotten a touchdown on your unit all day. You have got to keep that team out of the end zone. And I think on conventional downs, they would have kept them out of the end zone. That was not a conventional down. That was a goal-line play that was set up like a goal-line play on fourth and short. And there's no reason for the Jets on that play because that play did not mean the game. They were not going to set up for a game-winning field goal if they got the first down there. They were not in that position. They still had to drive for a touchdown. The Jets should not have sold out on that play. And they should not have left themselves in the position they did where a dump off to the tight end goes for a touchdown. So a terrible breakdown by the defense and the coaching staff. And then we get to the quarterback. And I still think he's going to be the quarterback because they don't want to go to Flacco because obviously they've decided that, that right now Wilson gives them a better chance to win with his mobility. But I can't see White being ready on Thursday if he wasn't ready on Sunday. They are not going to, if all those doctors did not pass him, 
they are not going to all turn around and pass him three days later. So I don't think White's going to play. That means Wilson's going to play. And let's be honest, other than some broken plays where he made some nice throws and on a couple of occasions the Jets made some nice catches, his play at the quarterback position yesterday was abominable. His footwork is awful. His awareness is dreadful. He has no touch. He has no grasp of the position or the nuances to play the position. None. Does he have some physical ability? Yes. He can move. He can throw on the move. He's got a good arm. But how many ducks did he put up yesterday? How many god-awful throws? How about the completion of the quarter? How bad was that? No less the interception, which was a terrible throw, and some of the other dreadful throws he made. And then he misses wide-open receivers. He throws it behind them. He throws it over their heads. He throws it through them. He throws it where they need touch. There's no touch on the ball. I mean, nothing has any feel for the position. His footwork is abominable. He doesn't feel the rush. I mean, he doesn't understand the nuances of the pocket. I mean, nothing is right. He looks like someone who has some physical ability who has never been trained to play the position. I mean, it's abundantly clear. And yesterday, they didn't have a pass rush. That hurt. They got around that with their defense, which did a great job in terms of running to the ball, in terms of coverage in the secondary. Did a great job to compensate for the fact they really didn't have a pass rush. Number two, they didn't run the ball at all yesterday. They could not get any any surge. They could not open any holes. It wasn't on the running backs, but nothing was there in the running game. And let's be honest, this Jets team hasn't won when it hasn't been able to run the ball. You don't realize how big the loss of Hall was for this team. Because he made something out of nothing on a lot of occasions. The Jets, the way the AFC shapes up right now, the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I really believe that now. After the win last night. The Jets are going to have to probably win out to make the playoffs. The playoff game in itself for either team will not elevate their status next year. The team will not be in any different position going into next year, either team, based on whether or not they qualify for the playoffs this year. But still, the idea, the objective, the goal is to get to the playoffs. That's what it's about right now. So doing that makes a whole lot of difference to the team, to the ownership, to the fan base, and everything else. But will it matter come April? No, it won't. The Giants still have some big decisions to make on contracts to key people, and they have a lot of lot of work to do in building this roster. They are not there. The Jets are inches away. If the Jets brought a veteran, qualified, legitimate quarterback into this team next year, if they turned around, just for argument's sake, and got a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, 
And I'm not saying they will. I'm not making that point. I'm just making the point. If you brought one of those and put them into the team next year, they, there would be people picking that team to go to the Super Bowl. That's how, that's how far the Jets have come in terms of personnel. Their defense is top of the league now. Their offense has still needs some work on the offensive line, but with Wilson and a healthy Hall, they have the ability to be a superb football team if they get the quarterback play. And White will give you a little confidence because he looks competent at the job. Wilson, it's very hard to have any trust in him right now. And this Thursday night game is going to be, the home team has a huge advantage on Thursday night every week. A huge advantage. But Jacksonville is going to be very tough in this spot because they're feeling it. They're well coached and their quarterback in this is second season after a nightmare first year that he didn't complain a lick about is on his way to superstardom. And you can see him coming by leaps and bounds. I mean, it's no secret that everybody expected him to be a big star. And I couldn't believe how many people, considering what he went through last year, were ready to dump him and give up on him after one season where it was a nightmare. He had no coaching. They were in chaos. He took a beating. They, had a, they, they led the league in drops by over 50% over the next team. And still you saw glimpses if you watched them, but nobody watched them. And now you see them, everybody's like, oh, when you see the highlights, like, oh, hey, look, he's coming of age. Now everybody notices what he is. And what he is is exactly what he was supposed to be. One of the next great quarterbacks. And that's what he's going to be for a long time. He's going to be one of the top. He's going to be right there with the other big guys at the top of the league for the years to come. He's going to be a star quarterback. I don't think there's any question. He's got the, he's got the whole package. And that's going to make for a fascinating, a fascinating Thursday night game. But watching Wilson play is, is pull your hair out tough. It really is. He's a nightmare at quarterback right now. Sure, he made some big plays, but they're all broken plays. That's the problem. You're not going to win on broken plays. It's nice that you can make a broken play, but you're not going to win on broken plays when you can't make a regular play. So it was an enormous week for the Giants. Were the Giants overly impressive? Hey, this Giant team is doing it with mirrors, but they're doing it. Give them credit. And the Jets lost a gut-wrenchingly tough, tough game to lose. I thought they had the game won when they scored. I did not think the Lions would come down the field and score on them. And I don't think conventionally they would. They got caught in a goal line stand, and they, they sold out, and it cost them. 
It was just bad coverage. It, it didn't make any sense to play it that way. Those things happen. Look at the past. Hey, if you ever have to think about how dumb plays can cost you games in football, all you'd have to do is point to the Pats who you just watched give away. Think about that game. Think about where the Raiders were after the Raiders were on their way to blowing another lead. And how the Raiders blow these leads week after week is just, you know, when, when caught through the interception in the third quarter, you said, okay, oh, here they go again. Here we go. They said they're going to they're gonna blow the game again. But here's the game. New England has them backed up. They are 4th and 10 on the Raider 19. 4th and 10 on the 19. Carr completes the pass. And away we go. And then with 37 seconds left, he hits a second down play. Boom, into the end zone with 30 seconds left. Hits a 30-yard touchdown. As the Raiders drove to tie the game, I turned to you and said, hey, the Raiders are going to win this in regulation time. They were down seven points trying to drive for a tying score. And how about if I tell you they were going to win in regulation time? And then you watch a play that here's the, without question, one of the greatest coaches in the history of any sport. And his team commits as dumb a play as we have ever seen conducted on a sports field. There was nothing to gain there, and he threw the game away. And it happened to that coach. You saw him after the game trying to explain it. Well, you know, we'll have to dress it. What do you want him to say? I'm going to throw the guy out of the plane on the way home? I mean, what do you want him to say? People have to understand that it's a live football. You can never be frivolous with a live football. And you just saw it where you saw teammates telling him, no, 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 don't throw it. And then you watched as it unfolded and you're like, oh, my God. Look at that ball going back across the field. Oh, no. Oh, my God. They're going to lose. They're going to lose. And watch them lose the game in regulation on that play. It sums up everything. I remember seeing the signs in more than one locker room. Doesn't matter whose. Doesn't matter the sport. They said basically the same thing. Dumb players make dumb plays and dumb plays lose games. Case closed. 
And that is, watch that play. And it's hard to even, if you try to say that, here's what's going to happen, I'm going to watch this scenario unfold. You could not have expected that scenario to unfold in a million years. Although you can see almost anything on an NFL field, that is almost inconceivable. We got a real busy week leading up to the holidays, so be looking for a lot of different stuff. We'll see you. There. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.